Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Raisin Bran. You got to put Raisin Bran up there. Everybody knows it. It's Mike Shope. Listen, get your own stupid old dying person team and, and choose your own cereals. And the Bulldog. I shall unleash my fury upon you like the crashing of a thousand waves. That cereal is soggy. You reach into the fridge for the milk and open the lid on the milk to pour it in there, and that crap is already soggy. I am untethered, and my rage knows no bounds. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem for a cereal. Oh, I, I, a huge I think. problem. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, plowing headlong into the 5 o'clock hour here on WGR. Thanks for tuning in today. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is on vacation this week. Got Nate Geary in here again today. I'll have sale tomorrow and then Nate for uh, the, the Thursday and Friday shows. Zach Jones along as well as always. We uh, have spent a lot of time on receivers today. Matt Harmon, reception perception. His stock and trade is evaluating every wide receiver in the league and then the guys coming in in, uh, in the draft in a given year. Uh, so that kind of put us on that track. Nate, we talked yesterday a little bit toward the uh, the end of the show about how you hadn't been on really since the postgame uh, following the loss to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And so with that, it sort of strikes me as we're talking about receivers today. Uh, I don't know that I've exactly asked you a direct question about where you're at with Stefan Diggs at this point. Like as a uh, media member, Bill's observer, fan, whatever, and any hat you want to wear, all of them. Uh, where how how are you with Diggs right now? Thought he's pretty disappointing in that game. Uh, in the in the final, I mean, just the drop and um some of the like I was listening to you guys on my way back from the stadium back here to do the overtime show and you know kind of Mike pointing out that play where he drops the ball and it's it still is just the this thumb in the index yeah, finger like yeah, so yeah, close yeah. The best receivers are insane divas, all of them. A.J. Brown does this all the time. Um, you know, D.K. Metcalf does this. All The big names that Justin Jefferson's talking about, yeah, like I'm going to be the highest. Pay. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But, you know, I know I'm getting mine. I mean, these guys are – you talk about how quarterbacks have the, – the conversation and the money has changed about quarterbacks and – you know, even the mid mid level guys are getting paid like the top guys had historically gotten paid. Um, it is to me the wide receiver in the NFL has never been more valuable than it is right now because of a lot of the devaluing of other positions. I think a lot of chips mm-hmm. have 
sort of gotten in front of these wide receivers. And, and I just don't think Stephon Diggs is any different um, than an A.J. Brown, than um, some of these other receivers that, you know, like, there's that meme. Like, it's the, you know, the quarterback tweets out something weird, and then the wide receiver is always, like, this weird, insightful quote that really has nothing to do with anything. Uh, and that is just how, if you've always, pl- if you've played football at any any level, Wide receivers are always, they're built a little different. They're built like any, they're like hockey goalies. You know, they're just weird. Yeah. Their game revolves around someone else being good enough to get them the ball. And that's a, you could be really good. Matt Harmon said it like you, it's, it's easy to point out lack of production at on digs and say, well, he's regressing and he's getting old and he's not as fast as he was, or he's not getting open. He's not creating enough separation. He's dropping the ball. But there is no other position really in sports that require competency from another position at the level it takes to be an elite receiver. To get you off. Yeah, and, and you know, I think guys like Jefferson and, um, you know, the, some of these elite receivers, you know, like the grass isn't always greener. And I, Stephon Diggs is a perfect example of that. I think Stephon Diggs has gotten the best out of his career playing with a quarterback like Josh Allen, not Case Keenum, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, am I thrilled about Diggs? Am I stoked about where he is? No, I'd I'd like him to. He's got to show up in the playoffs. He's got to be the guy that he is, um, and he hasn't been the last two playoff runs. He just has not been good enough, good enough. And um, you know, getting him some help will, I think, you know, move that along. But I, I am not of the mind that Diggs is over the hill and uh-huh. he's on the back end of his career. And, you know, he's a diva and he's a locker room cancer. Um, he, he gets the same conversation at times that I think a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. gets. Um, but there's less of the, the other distractions that go along. His only distraction is him not unequivocally just saying things like, yeah, I love the Bills and I will play here until they force me out. Instead, he just says business is business, which is true. Yes. But, you know, you could – he – does tend to be he likes to be the victim sometimes i think uh-huh. and i think he really leans into it and and is like whoa what are you guys right. talking about me like this for i have said nothing that you know would suggest that you were right. coming at me like this and then you're like mm, yeah i mean you, you have yeah you, yeah you've well, just done nothing to really whether or not he is what, what I, I I arrived at this. I'll try this on you. I, I mentioned it. I think only one time uh, in the last few weeks. It it feels to me like our, our, the fan base that ha- the part of the fan base that has problem a problem with Diggs. Um, if if they have a problem with Diggs, it it is because when the opportunity to unequivocally express his love and devotion to Josh Allen um, and to the Bills and to Buffalo and to Blue Cheese instead of Ranch and, like, whatever. Like, we we want you, I think, to leave us with no doubt that you love it here and that the, the, you can't imagine being anywhere else. And, you know, I guess, I guess to an extent I would say we want to be lied to. We want to be patronized. Yeah. We just want you to tell us that it's awesome here and uh, Bill's Mafia, woo, and jump through a table. And when you don't do that, that's one thing. When you don't do that and you seem to open the door at least for, like, you're open to the possibility of going somewhere else. 
it makes us think, like, do you, do you want to leave now? Is that what you're telling us? Do you want to leave? When in reality, like you said, all he's doing is telling you something that's factually 100% correct. He's not in control of it. He could be like you know he could, yeah. he could he could get a flamethrower out and start you know, just lighting stuff up and that might change, but mostly I think he just says what is obviously true. They can do whatever they want, and it's so I'm ready for anything. And when you say you're ready for anything, that makes you think of like what do you what, well so what 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 else are you interested in? Like what what are you ready for exactly? You you ready to leave? Do you want to leave? Do you wish that they would make you leave? The whole thing is a very frustrating conversation in the end to me because I just do not think, like you're not wasting time, I'm guessing, trying to figure out ways the Bills can get better without him on their team. Because I don't think there's a way that they could really do that, short of just absolutely nailing receivers in the first few rounds of the draft and like getting starting caliber players out of college to show up and just catch 90 balls, which I think is insane to hope for. I mean, it could happen, but it's not very likely. He's also been an insanely reliable player. He doesn't miss football games. He's not injured. He doesn't, you know, the the me stuff, I think, sometimes gets a little bit, um, I don't know, over... Absolutely, it gets overdone. He he was he not? I mean, I know the jet, the the finger and the and the thumb uh, in the KC game after the big drop in the fourth quarter, but mostly I saw a entirely supportive, good teammate this year publicly anyway. Yeah, right. So like the idea that he's some problem, um, I I would understand him wanting to push back against that. Because I don't think there's really much evidence of that at all. Um, you know, you got to go back. You you can go back to examples of from last year, the previous season, the way the game ended against the Bengals, and him, you know, kind of you know, gesturing at Josh on the bench and even on the field, a couple plays into the game. That's a different thing. This year, I didn't really see any of that. No, me either. So I think he was also probably on his best behavior this year. I think for, I think a, a number of reasons, but I, you know. I don't know. There's this thing that sometimes I feel like this market in particular, but it's not unique to this market. It's unique. I think it's it has existed a lot of small markets. Is when you are a small market team and you have someone like Von Miller, like Stefan Diggs, like Justin Jefferson, like these larger than life players. There is that little like validate me and tell me you love me mm-hmm. all the time right. publicly. Like Josh Allen does that. And I think maybe that's part of this is people watch Josh go on podcasts and say the whole purpose of me waking up in the morning is so that I can win a Super Bowl for the city of Buffalo. I'm going to play here until the end, until until I can't play football anymore. You have this guy that's the face of your franchise saying these things. So now you just expect everyone to fall in line and say the same mm-hmm. things. And everyone's different and everyone wants to talk about different things when they get the limelight. But I think. The Von Millers and the and the Stefan Diggs again, like these larger than life. We're, I would say the Bills really since the '90s era is not used to having guys that demand the spotlight. Mm-hmm. That when the camera's rolling, it's usually pointed at them. And for I mean, 17 years, the best thing we had was Mario Williams. And wow, those contact, those red contacts are really cool. Like that was what we had. <laughs> like there was nothing. You know, like he came here because he got paid more than any defensive player ever got paid. Yeah. Not because he was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to win a Super Bowl for Buffalo. Is hey, they were willing to pay me more than anyone. So, and, and also Buddy Nick's just 
He parked his car outside the gray. Wouldn't let me leave. So, like, that's it's different now when you have mm-hmm. a number of these yep. figures. And and I think it's just it's you're you've you've got the quarterback who says everything says everything right is this darling of the city and the savior. And you're like, why aren't you nice to me like he is nice to love me the way he loves me? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 803-0550 is the number you want to get involved in the conversation. Like Jay here uh, is joining us. Hi, Jay. Thanks for calling. You're on the air here on WGR. Hey, boys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Nate, I was out golfing about two weeks ago on the Saturday when it was really warm. And I tell you, man, it's one of the best golfing experiences Mm. I ever had. To be golfing in February, and I broke 100. And that includes a nine and a seven on two easy par fours. I should have been 91, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Um, <laughs> Thank you so, for the first shoulda, I shoulda, I shoulda, <laughs> coulda done on this. The on the first round course, of the year, yeah. Uh, uh, of, of 2024. Love it, Jay. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I won't even talk about my putting, but that's okay. Um, the, no, uh, please do elaborate. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, the Dinks conversation is always an interesting one to me, and I never get sick of it. Um, Nate, you mentioned a great point that I've been thinking about for a long time. And you talk about Diggs and how awesome he seemed in the first half of the season. Then what happened in the last half. And I, I thought maybe I was being a little bit weird thinking about this, but I thought the same thing you did in that they have a position that's so heavily dependent and reliant on another person to do their job well. And we know how well Josh does his job. And if, if let's say, for example, Josh and Steph had some kind of quabble, right? And Josh decides even subconsciously he doesn't want to throw Steph the ball. I'm not saying that's the case. He could easily make Steph look terrible and make us think, oh, he can't separate or he can't do this. And by all accounts, the others who are way smarter than I am tell us by looking at game film and stuff, Steph does seem to do the things we expect him to do. So at the end of the day, I think I still love Stephon Diggs as a player. He's my favorite player to watch. He does take care of his body. He does not take the hits like others do. I think he's very smart. With all that said, I still think that with the, with the first-round pick we have, I desperately want them to take a receiver. Because even if Steph, and I'll end here, does get to what we expect him to be next year, we still need that number two or one B player. And the Bills need to do that this year. And I say that lastly because even with all of the um, defensive needs they have, McDermott has shown himself at least to be able to do something with mediocre to good players, and we've got to give Josh that opportunity. So that's where I'm at, and I think it's going to be the biggest draft that Bean, I think, has had in his tenure because of the cap and everything else. So I think it's going to be amazing stuff to talk about between now and the end of April. Go golf, boys. Excellent. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Getting connected with our fans is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at Northtown Kia. Dot com, um, yeah, they 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 need help in the receiver room to get Diggs where we need Diggs to be. Uh, there's no question about that. I mean, it just absolutely needs to happen. Um, and I know they have other needs. I'm very much though coming around to I've got this defensive head coach, and I know eventually the bottom completely fell out. Uh, you know, Terrell Bernard was apparently one more injury than the Bills could stand. Yeah. Um, you know, go, going into that Kansas City game, um, I'm not you know saying that they would have won the game if he were healthy, but it was a big, it was a big factor, I think. Um, but the reason I make that point is I, I do think I can fill in 
my defense other ways than with my premium assets. Um, I think they've done a lot of that. And who knows? Maybe they can find their way. We never really did get after prioritizing the Bills' own free agent list. Maybe if I if I were making that list, I would want to hang on to Daquan Jones if I could. All right, if I if I can afford, I don't know what 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 is it? Two years, fifteen million or something? It's not. It's not going to be huge. I don't think. I don't think he's going to draw big big money. Um, then maybe I can check a box off the list and not have to worry as much about how in the weeds I am on the defensive line. I mean, they just are the, so many of those guys are, are not under contract. I think I need to make sure I get value out of digs. How do I get value out of digs? I improve my passing game overall. How do I improve my passing game overall? I get more help. I get more talent on the field. I get someone as a number two who eventually can become a number one and draw attention away right away. I, I, this, this offense, I think, is crying out for that. I hope that their stylistic shift in the back end of the season here after Brady took over for Ken Dorsey is personnel-related and not, like, a new mentality. Like, oh, well, we won these close games running the ball and, you know, becoming the, the run-heaviest team in the league, so let's keep doing that, and maybe conveniently it, it'll be easier for us to supplement those that type of offense positionally than it would be to go get enough receivers to make it work. I I don't want to get there. I hope they don't get there. Um, and the way to not get there is to make sure they do the work at receiver and get there, find their way to players that can help them, whether those are bargain bin free agent players to replace Davis or players picked high in the draft. I, I think maybe both are called for. Um, I certainly recognize that if they find their way to a free agent that they think can replace Gabe Davis, that maybe that would lower their need to go get a guy that can get on the field right away. But I still have Josh Allen as my quarterback. And to not max out his best traits, throwing the ball, making plays down the field, just would be stupid. So, I think there's – to part of this conversation, I think we so we isolate the wide res- the need for a wide receiver in the conversation of wanting to take the focus off of Stefan Diggs, which in I think naturally that conversation goes to deprioritize him in the offense. I don't necessarily think that has to be true, especially at the age of 30, 31 years old. Like it just might be the natural progression as he gets older and you know is less dynamic and less athletic that he will become deprioritized. And if he's being double teamed, it makes it even harder for him to be featured. But I keep going back to like 2020 where you had Diggs, Brown, Beasley, Gabe Davis. The next year you had, you know, Davis. Did you still? Emmanuel Sanders Emmanuel replaced Sanders. John Brown. Yeah. Beasley was still here yep. and still pretty good. Yes. And you had guys that were, I mean, Cole Beasley had 100 targets in 2020. Uh, in nine games, John Brown had 52 targets. And in eleven, uh, in sixteen games, Gabriel Davis had sixty-two targets. And that was Stephon Diggs' best year. Was when there were clearly other players mm-hmm. that this team could rely on, and you simply could not just, you know, hover a safety over Stephon Diggs and say, "All right, well, have that guy who can run one route beat us." And it was right. Gabriel Davis was able to supplement whenever John Brown was injured, and then you still had a guy that commanded a hundred targets in a season of Cole Beasley. And you didn't even have a running game. 
So, like, I, I, to me, and that was 127 catches and 1,500 yards with those with other mm. players truly helping. Like, I, to me, if you have a real number two receiver and what we were talking about with Matt Harmon earlier, like, I loved, I had said that I really liked the idea of the the kid from uh, New England. Now I'm forgetting. Is it? Yeah, Kendrick Bourne. It's coming off an ACL, but he, to me, like, is like, Sign me up, wide receiver four. Like, bring that. Yes. Um, and if you had Bourne, Troy Franklin, and, you know, Shakir and Diggs with Kincaid, and that is the mo- most formidable, I would say, group of wide receivers you've had since Josh Allen's been here. And that is, I think, saying something, considering I, I talk about this 2020 team is a really damn good offense. Yeah. Um, that they have not been able to replace the Browns and the Beasleys. And, and I think you might get there and be a little better and younger and frankly versatile one through four guys that can run all the routes not just a specialized here and a specialized there um i i'm not i am not closing the door i have not closed the door to stefan Diggs having another 120 catch 1300 yard and 12 touchdown season this year if they really can diversify the offense what what you're describing just here in the last 30 seconds is exactly how to make that happen yeah right so yeah i'm i'm not of the mind like eventually we're going to need to move on from Diggs, and maybe that's even as soon as next offseason. I just don't think financially it's realistic. They need to find a way. They should be motivated to make that work again, and the way to make that work again is to, yes, get more out there that has to be respected. I just don't think they've had I – think, I think Davis is, has been a, as explosive as he could be. I think the Bills sort of fell into a trap there after the four-touchdown game in Kansas City in the playoffs. Like, we've got our wide receiver, too. He caught four touchdowns in a, in a divisional round playoff game. He's got to be on the field all the time. Mm, maybe not. You know, maybe, I, I, I think his limitations have sort of come home to roost as becoming the offense's limitations, or the passing game's limitations anyway. So, um you know, I, I, I appreciated his video today. Um, I certainly took it as a farewell. Um, I don't know what free agency holds for him, but I, I've been saying for a while, I, I, I don't want to pay him $10 million. Um, and, and I'm pretty confident he's going to find at least that somewhere out there. Uh, I, I just don't have any interest in it. I don't think it's a player that is well-rounded enough to get you where you want to be with the offense that the Bills have. And I still think, too, within all of that, you can still appreciate how much and, – and I think this always this has to be a part of the conversation when you're talking about Gabriel Davis – is how much production they got for him and what's the highest they paid him, $2 million in a season. The return on investment is part of the conversation, and it's yeah. also part of the ongoing conversation with him, is if you are getting what you've gotten the last three years out of Gabriel Davis for $15 million, you are in trouble. Yeah. Just, yeah. You, you are in trouble. But if he's a $2 million receiver, you're like, yeah. Right. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, he's almost got 1,000 yards, and, you know, yeah, he's got the drops, and sometimes some games mm-hmm. he goes away completely, and yes, tremendous blocker. And I'm good with all that for a million and a half. But this, you start to talk about, and, and you know, like, I, I think this is, we're starting to get into the realm of, Brandon Bean draft picks that have now gotten to this point. And not every franchise has a general manager that's around long enough to retain the the guys he's drafted. Um, most of them don't, to be quite honest. It's just a turnover league. But I, I think all, not all of the conversation about, about Gabe Davis has to be, you know, the return on investment of what you get. But 
Like some of it does. And I think it's the same conversation about someone drafting Brock Bowers in the top 10 because he's going to be the highest paid tight end in football in four years. And is there value to that? You know, I mean, we're... It almost gave you a heart attack yesterday when you found out how much, uh, you know, uh, the, the Bills' second-string tight end is making. And, like, that's kind of the positional value, understanding where you can get the best return on investment. And the Bills draft somebody in the first round that's good, and they draft someone in the third round that ends up being better. You're like, sweet, that guy's making no money, and you feel good. Right. And so it's the same conversation people have. It's just not linear about having to win on your quarterback's rookie contract. Well, when you're not on the quarterback's rookie contract, these contracts become that much more valuable. And you look at a guy like Davis and just say, for $15 million, he's going to get in Carolina, and that offense, okay, good luck. Peace out. Yeah, good luck, man. Hey, you earned it. 803-0550 is the number. He's Nate Geary in for Mike Shope today. I'm the Bulldog. We'll take more of your calls and keep talking receivers and the offseason as uh, as we uh, just work our way through it. Combine coming up. We're going to have great coverage of that. Sales going. We just uh, confirmed that today. Uh, so we'll have more details on that in the days and weeks ahead. Again, 803-0550 is the number. I'm the Bulldog. Thanks for listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.